We want to share with you now some videotape that was shot by uh, an amateur photographer. This we understand is a doctor. This is a videotape that was taken from the scene. This is unedited videotape, and we are just going to show it to you raw and unedited. It's unfiltered footage from that day, September 11th. The camera shows one of the towers collapsing. The person recording, lost in the ash and debris, finds a firefighter and asks him for some oxygen. I'll let it play for a bit. It really captures some of the confusion and chaos from that morning. It's coming down on me. Here it comes. I'm getting behind a car. It's incredible. Okay, I had to go find people who need help. I don't think I'm one of them. You okay, sir? Okay. Can I just get a toot off your respirator? Can I get a toot? I'm seeing a couple of clean breaths. Okay. Back to you. Those attacks are still very much a part of everyday life. The chaotic end to the war in Afghanistan, a prime example. But for one family, the tragedy of what happened on September 11, 2001, stretches beyond Lower Manhattan and into a neighborhood in Brooklyn, where 20 years later, a secret is still buried. I'm Dan Bowens, and this is The Tape Room. On this episode, 20 years later, the killing of Henrik Siwiak, New York City's only unsolved murder on 9-11-2001. We're talking to former police officers who worked that day, only to receive a call about this crime at the end of the night. For more than two decades, the case has stymied investigators. Now, as the world remembers the historic anniversary of the terror attacks, a new detective is working the case, hoping to finally make an arrest. We couldn't believe that Twin Towers had just fallen a few hours ago, and now we, somebody else got shot during all of this. This is a, a special edition of uh, Good Day New York, Attack on America. 20 years ago, a day when the world fractured. Nearly 3,000 people died in the 9-11 attacks, seared into memory as a date filled with tragedy, loss, and heroism. And you talk about New York's bravest and finest, you know, in the middle of all that, still remembering their responsibilities. What were you guys hearing at that point in terms of what the response was? There's a lot of radio chatter. There's a lot of chaos. Retired NYPD Detective Mike Prate and retired Lieutenant Tom Joyce weren't at Ground Zero. They started September 11th searching for a shooting suspect in Brooklyn. Then the planes hit. We knew two different planes, two different towers at the same time as, as an intentional act. Since they couldn't get into Manhattan, they were assigned to help people who were getting out. 
trying to get all the people who were flooding over from Manhattan into Brooklyn on foot, trying to get them um, reunited with their families. And then at the end of that fateful night, on the corner of Albany Avenue and Decatur in the Bedford-Stuyvesant section of Brooklyn, another call that had nothing to do with terrorism. Around 11.30 at night, we get a notification, you know, a mail shot over on the location of Albany and Decatur in the confines of the 7 night We're like, you gotta be kidding me. The only homicide in New York City outside of Ground Zero on September 11th, 46-year-old Henrique Siwiak shot and killed in one of the toughest sections of the city where he was never supposed to be. The block of Albany Avenue was heavy, heavy gang, heavy narcotics, heavy violence. Siwiak was a Polish immigrant who moved to the U.S. 11 months earlier, living with his sister in the Rockaways of Queens, working odd jobs, sending money back home to support his wife and two young children. He is that hardworking immigrant who came over with the view of opportunity from America, right? On 9-11, Siwiak saw the towers fall while working at a construction site in Lower Manhattan. Hours later, he took the subway to another job, an overnight shift waxing floors at a grocery store in Brooklyn. But he wound up nearly four miles from where he was trying to go. Again, when you take into account everything that's going on on 9-11, for this individual, he was coming into his first day or a, a, a new job, let's say, uh, that was to start at midnight. Um, and, and again, maybe, maybe it's the disconnect on the, um, you know, not speaking English, you know, not being familiar, but really what he ended up doing was taking a train and getting off at the wrong stop, right? And that led him down the path, uh, you know, to where, to where he ended up. His job was supposed to be at uh, cleaning floors or waxing floors on the midnight at a path mark uh, at the other end of Brooklyn, down in Brooklyn South. And he's engaged by a group of people, as far as we know, of what, what the evidence is that's been collected and, and what happens to him. Yeah, so there's some type of struggle. And then there are gunshots. He struck. Uh, multiple times. He was able to cross Decatur Avenue, run up a stoop and ring a doorbell for help. Nobody comes to the door. He comes down the stairs and collapses on the sidewalk and it's, uh, that's where he died. It's unclear kind of because there's no robbery. There's, there's certainly no surveillance cameras around at the time. I mean, it doesn't appear that there's, you know, normally if somebody may have gotten robbed and something happened and a gun goes off, but this is, this is not that. I mean, there's, there's kind of, he's in the wrong place, the wrong time. I mean, there's, there's, there's not a lot sort of connecting him to this location of why somebody would want to do this to him. Yeah, no, there's absolutely no reason why anybody would want to do this to him. I mean, he was, um, he looked European as far as his complexion and everything like that. Uh, he had on camouflage pants and a dark jacket, but he didn't speak any English. So I don't, nobody knows what transpired on that block when, or the reasoning for him being shot. Detective George Harvey was an officer in the 79th precinct when Siwiak was killed. Now he's the lead detective on the case. He didn't deserve to get what he got. He says with the crisis unfolding at Ground Zero two decades ago, the case received as much attention as possible from the department, but it was not an ordinary investigation. Everyone was down in lower Manhattan. Siwiak wasn't robbed. His family has speculated he may have been targeted in the aftermath of the attacks because of his broken English and army fatigue jacket. But with residents in the area not cooperating, no surveillance cameras and no clear motive, the case went cold. Even in camouflage pants or whatever he was wearing, there's no reason to be 
you know, gone down the way he was. Harvey hopes as the neighborhood here has changed over the last two decades, someone who knows something may also change their mind. And what are the challenges now? Because obviously every case is important. No case should be unsolved. What are the challenges now as you try to work on this? Well, this is obviously the 20th anniversary of this of this case. Um, finding people from that block that might have been around back then, the neighborhood has changed dramatically, you know, all around that area. A lot of people moved out, a lot of people, it's just a different demographic now. Um, but around the anniversary, we, we uh, put up reward posters again with his photo on it, hoping that maybe somebody will, you know, remember it or have a conscience or come forward. The truth lies with someone maybe who's still there or who moved away. Someone knows something. I mean, that's that's one of the hearts of, of this particular case. Yeah, I definitely believe that somebody knows something over there. It's just a, a matter of finding that person, like I said, or someone coming with a conscience that they just can't deal with it anymore or you know whatever their motive would be for coming forward. Somebody knows something on that block. They just, it's a very tight knit block. Um, like I said, and they usually don't cooperate with the police in regards to most cases, um, but somebody knows something. We did reach out to members of the Siwiak family. His children are adults now, and best we can tell, they still live in Poland. It doesn't deter the NYPD's desire to solve this case. Anyone with information is urged to come forward. There's a $12,000 reward. You can call Crime Stoppers. That number is 1-800-577-TIPS. The calls can be anonymous. The Tape Room is part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dan Bowens. Our executive producers are myself, Matt Onimus, and Ahmad Asgar. Byron Harmon is vice president of Fox 5 News, and Lou Leone is senior vice president and general manager. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Tape Room. <laughs>